I don't take any day of my life for granted, and I think that um, life is something that can be taken away very quickly. And so I believe that you've got to make the most of the time that we're um, on the planet. And for me, it's always been, if not now, when? Um, and why not? Why are you so fixated on you got to do it now? <laughs> um, well, I think it all attributes back to um, some events that happened early in my life. Hello, and welcome to One Degree Greater, a podcast about Buckeyes navigating their first few years after graduation. A challenging and thrilling time when ambition meets reality. Some people want to change the world, but everyone needs to find their place in it. I'm your host, Todd Jones. Thanks for joining us. Take a minute to think back to 2011. It was a year of upheaval and uncertainty, especially in the first five months. An earthquake and tsunami caused a nuclear meltdown in Japan. The Arab Spring erupted with popular uprisings toppling governments across the Middle East and North Africa. Arizona Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords was shot in the head and survived the assassination attempt. A Navy SEAL team killed Osama bin Laden. Oh, and Charlie Sheen's career had an extremely public meltdown. So much for tiger blood. The Ohio State graduating class of 2011 took flight in the midst of all that chaotic news. Jordan Davis was one of them. She received a degree in political science and leadership that June, just three years after the 2008 financial crisis, the country's worst economic disaster since the Great Depression. On top of all that stuff going on out in the world, Jordan left Ohio State with a lot going on inside too. She felt this sense of urgency from grief and personal loss that most people her age couldn't relate to, and she didn't know what was next. I had interviewed for some consulting firms, I had taken some interviews with some private companies, but nothing really stuck with me. And I wasn't really seeing my fit in any of those places. And it was a little bit anxious for me. I'm a rather high achiever, and I was intimidated that all of my friends were getting jobs or had plans or going to grad school. Grad school was a big thing when I was graduating right after the recession. So I I just kind of believed in myself and said, nope, I'm something's going to come my way that's going to be the right opportunity. I'm not going to make a, a, a false decision that I think is right right now. The right opportunity came about a month after graduation. A year earlier, Jordan had organized a flash mob. Remember those? Where students took over to Ohio Union, dancing to the old Journey song, Don't Stop Believing. The video got almost 7 million views on YouTube. That caught the attention of the Columbus Partnership. That's one of those powerhouse groups of like-minded CEOs. You find them in a lot of big cities. The partnership was looking for someone to create a flash mob for an event the following year, and so they called Davis for advice. And they wound up hiring her as an events and development manager. We get stuck in these 
expectations that we need to apply and have a perfect resume and be on LinkedIn, you know, searching mm, all the time, yeah. putting myself out there uh, for this perfect um, job. And in fact, it was through my relationships that I had built in college and the network and the trust that I had built in people that the job came to me and I never even had to give my resume. We make plans, but sometimes life just happens. Jordan's life changed because of a series of unexpected happenings when she was a teenager. Over uh, about seven years, I lost a personal friend or someone very close to me um, that was my age. And to me, um, to me that changed my whole point of view that I could just wait. So for seven straight years, somebody died seven straight years? Yeah. Friends. Friends, yeah, yeah. My first kiss, a former boyfriend, friends, yeah. How did it die? Variety of things. Um, uh, three were, unfortunately, to suicide. Um, two were to car accidents. And then um, another two, two were from really, really weird, random events. Um, one had a... Um, very quick case of hepatitis C, and then the other was uh, from an elevator accident. It was very emotional. I was very emotional. Um, I kind of escaped into, at certain times, different pockets of friends that didn't have that healing to go through. Um, I started to kind of compartmentalize some emotions. The things you think about, like as you continue to age, you still think about these things that you grew up experiencing, right? I mean, there's nothing more precious than life and there's nothing that hurts more than a life being lost too soon. So I've um, definitely processed more deeply as I've grown up and been able to talk about it. I don't think I could have talked, even talked about it five years ago. When you're that age, you're dealing with so much mm -hmm. and this happens for a consecutive period of mm -hmm. time. Um, how did it not just ruin your opinion about the world and what life has to offer? <laughs> oh, well, it did for a certain periods of time, let's be honest. <laughs> I was a teenager, so there were definitely moments, there were hills and valleys. So um, you were a rebel? <laughs> no, I'm a, yeah, no, I, I'm a scaredy cat. But um, I don't think I was ever perfect, right? I was never perfect. And there were things and vices that I had that were unhealthy. And um, But I think through the attention of my parents and through the ability to have extracurricular activities in my life and the ability to have space in facilitated programs where I could start to define a bigger purpose of my life was really, really fundamentally critical. Um, if I started to view life as trivial, that would have been probably the gateway for me to stay in the valley, right? Where I could see my life as a tool for doing something that mattered, it be got me to the hill. And that's where I've always tried to stay, is to think about with my life on this earth and for the time that I have, how do I make the biggest difference possible? And how do I make it matter and make my mark? We all respond to grief in different ways. Jordan took action. 
I had found my healing and helping other people heal. And um, that, to me, I think, in a weird way, um, has carried on throughout my life. I have a hard time completing those emotions myself, but I have an easier time with it if I can help others complete theirs. Jordan's desire to help others wasn't limited to times of grief. She was raised to get involved in her community. She grew up watching her family do it. Her grandfather was mayor. Her mother was running the city's chamber of commerce for decades. When she got to Ohio State, Jordan pledged a sorority and she was elected student government vice president. For her, getting to the hill isn't enough if you're there alone. Jordan wants to walk that path with others, both friends and her community. She does both with Can't Stop Columbus, an idea that she ignited with a tweet in mid-March as Ohio began shutting down because of COVID-19. When we spoke with Jordan, no one had yet heard of the coronavirus that caused her to try to help others. With support from Ohio State, Jordan co-organized the Can't Stop Columbus movement, in which the tech community, corporate leaders, and hundreds of volunteers have created solutions to challenges posed by the pandemic. Oh, and Jordan has a regular job too. At the Columbus Partnership, Jordan is the director of Smart Cities, an initiative to make Columbus more efficient and easier to navigate using technology. I think what's more interesting with the sector and the topics that we're tackling is um, the amount of unpredictable change that's happening around us because these things that we've built society and places around are going to look very, very different. And with that comes a lot of um, systems change that's going to be needed and therefore you need a lot of stakeholders involved and a lot of different thinking. Well it's very futuristic right? Yes and no. I mean it's futuristic in a sense. You could relate it to the Jetsons right and we're all flying around because there are flying car concepts out there but at the same time there is really real practical things we can be doing now. They go to work and there's an autonomous vehicle running outside of our office every day which not everybody gets to have that um, in their environment, but it's there. The technology is there. It's going to be developing. It's really about how do we, how do we use it. Hey guys, this is Kristen Schmidt. I'm the producer on One Degree Greater. We create this podcast for listeners like you to keep you connected to your alma mater. Did you know your alumni association is offering a ton of virtual resources right now? There are online discussions, events, webinars, you name it. From career management resources to book clubs to discussions with other Buckeyes, you're sure to find something that's right for you. So head to go.osu.edu slash get virtual to check it out and find some favorites. That's go.osu.edu slash get virtual. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, I think we look at your generation and all we're asking you to do is save the planet. <laughs> right. <laughs> save us. Save us, please. It's not like we're putting too much pressure on you guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I constantly feel overwhelmed, to be honest, sometimes when you think about the amount of social issues and problems that, you know, we have. Um, and sometimes I, you know, think about, well, what brings you hope? Like, why not? How do you not get cynical? Right. 
How do you not? How do you keep yourself from being that? And if you're aware, and sometimes I do get cynical. I don't want to go try to push this again. I've already been told no, you know, but you've got to find new ways to approach these issues. Jordan's approach to life remains solid and simple. Make today matter. Some days, that means talking about strategic planning with the executive board at the office. Some days, that means venturing out and talking to people in the community about how technology can make their lives better. And some days, that means traveling to another city and talking with officials there about problems with transportation and possible solutions. I like the breaking of routine. I think it keeps me sharp. I think it keeps my mind um, really clear on what priorities are because you have to constantly be pulling everything back towards center. So why are we doing this and what, why does this matter and who is this impacting? And you have to kind of evaluate everything that's thrown at you in these common lenses that I think is a really, really exciting and challenging and fulfilling way to go about life. It can also be relentless because of technology and social media. Post this, tweet that, react, respond, repeat. Jordan calls this noise the blurriness of life. I think what's really interesting about the next generation is they do, in fact, have a sense of urgency. Um, And they have a call-it-what-it-is type style that's very authentic and very... Um, rationalized in why it doesn't matter. And I think that that's really interesting because when my generation grew up, we were constantly exposed to new things. So Facebook was a new way of connecting. Twitter was a new way of connecting. And then as we started to adopt these things, you know, marketing came to us and all these things, but it's just now that it's totally saturated and it's dizzying, right? How many things you're seeing and how many advertisements. I was thinking the other day about how much time do I spend alone and when I mean alone I mean just with my my thoughts and myself there's so much around me whether I'm in you know an open office environment or I'm out in the community or I'm on my phone and I'm connecting or and just the attention span shifts that I've watched myself go through and that there is a default behavior that I go and check things in my phone or do people need me on my email or a text message or social media. The amount of access I have to feeling needed or feeling um, required to express something is really commanding. And I think that is a struggle that I have and I think a lot of my peers have is finding kind of peace and space. So you have to find time to balance the macro, the micro, the work, the personal. Absolutely. Is that something that's really challenging when you first get out of college? Well, being in the moment takes preparation. And you can't just spontaneously show up and be there and do your best, right? So I think um, the preparation piece is probably more important than ever because there's so many things that <laughs> you have to be ready for on any given day. But it's all about habits, I think. Um, if you can create habits and just normalize or neutralize as, as much in your life as possible, they become less of, how do you want to say it, like, <laughs> I don't know, uh, vulnerabilities. So do you set the cereal bowl out the night before? <laughs> no, no. I don't. No. 
No, no, I don't. You do anything like that? <laughs> no. Um, because no, the picture really. I'm getting is that you do plan everything. Like you uh, have it down to the minute. No, actually, I, I no. If I'm giving you that impression, that's wrong. I don't actually plan it to a T. I think I thrive in the unexpected, but in order for me to thrive in the unexpected, I have to have some common behaviors or habits that of how I would react or handle different things. Um, and so, if I if I do those things, then that makes me be able to handle the unpredictable. Oh, I got you. But oh. I I don't I don't like predictability very much. It kind of is boring to me. Um, so. That's also a weird complex. Of course, life is weird and complex. It's fragile, too. Jordan finds herself constantly trying to strike a balance between a sense of urgency and a strong desire to really experience life and fully live her days. I wouldn't say what, I, what I'm doing or the th- amount of things I've done as a young person is out of urgency. It's not to rush it. It's to um, it's to make it matter. I hope that I can live in these moments where um, the work that I do on a day-to-day basis and the life that I'm living has consequence positively um, to other people's betterment. So what's next for you? Mm, well, I have no idea. I grew up thinking I knew what I wanted to do. Proven wrong, proven wrong again. Best advice I ever got when I started my job was from a former employer where I was an intern, and he said, um, uh, put your head down for the year and opportunities will come. Don't, you know, try and write the script. Just show what you can do. And I've really lived by that. And I think as I start to kind of lift my head up a little bit and think about, you know, what I've achieved in my professional career since graduation, it's a good opportunity to also say, well, where do I want to make an impact? And what do I want to do? Where can I make the biggest difference? Where can I apply my efforts? And if I can articulate that, then I can start to to look at what I want to do. Right now, I am I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I find a lot of fulfillment in the unknown and the uncertainty and the constant change and this kind of technology and futuristic components of it and so and it's community oriented which is a big part is a big piece to me so it's just a little out of my norm but I'm kind of getting my head around I'm okay where I'm at right now and what's next will will be next. This has been a production of The Ohio State University. Kristen Schmidt is our producer. Matt Stessner is our sound editor. Creative and strategic support comes from Justin Bell, Jay Hansen, Monica DeMeglio, and Randy Walk. Thanks to Doug Dangler and the team at the College of Arts and Sciences Tech Studio for helping to record this episode. And a big thanks to Jordan Davis, who was so generous with her time and story. Give her a follow on Twitter, at J.D. Lee. You can also follow Smart Columbus on Twitter and Instagram at Smart Cbus. You mentioned electric cars. What kind? Yeah. Of, what kind of car do you drive? I don't drive a car. 
What? <laughs> no. Um, I got rid of my car two years ago, a little over two years ago now, because I of this mission of Smart Columbus and trying to change behaviors and think differently about how we move around in our community. And I felt like the best way for me to be able to uh, lead and speak with authority on these types of issues was to live it out myself. So got rid of my car and have built a whole lifestyle uh, without one, and I, I love it. It'll be hard to go back. Visit us at go.osu.edu slash one degree greater to explore our other episodes. If you enjoyed this show, please spread the word and give us a rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. And thanks for listening.